Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, and pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our effort is to get our show's information and message out to more and more people. So please do me a big favor by sharing and also tagging friends who you think would really enjoy this information. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and syndicated on missionsradio.org and liveleadplay.com. If you're looking for a speaker, leadership development trainer for your organization or event, please go to my website at integrativeminds.com to learn more about what I offer and contact me at info at integrativeminds.com to schedule a meeting time. So today's show, do you have children, kids in your household who have smartphones? Do those kids have friends who have smartphones? Do you want to know more about what they can access on these devices? And do you want to be better at cyber parenting? If you answered yes to any one of those questions, then this is the show for you. Our guest today grew up in a small Indiana town and graduated from Indiana University with a BA in political science and criminal justice. She's the author of Talk, a practical approach to cyber parenting and open communication, and is the founder and executive director of Next Talk a nonprofit organization passionate about helping families develop open communication to keep kids safe online. She has been happily married to her best friend, Matt, for 18 years. A shout out for Matt also. And they're raising two kids in a quaint little Texas community. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Mandy Majors. Hi, Mandy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on your show. All of us parents, thank you for what you are doing because this is a world for me, and I think a lot of I speak for a lot of other parents that we are really, really out of touch about because it's always changing. Well, and we can't call our parents and say, can you help us with this? How did you do this? Like, give us some wisdom. So we're really the first generation of parents having to dive in there and tackle social media and a lot of this online stuff. And, you know, the things about these kids is, I know at least at our school, as soon as the school picks up some of these websites, they ban it from uh, the children from able to accessing it. And then within the next day, one of these kids figure a way out to go around it or find another site that's similar, and they're all back on. And before it, the whole school knows how to do it. It's constant. It changes daily. And, you know, restrictions are great, and they're great tools to use. And um, those filters, all of those things are amazing, wonderful tools in your tool belt. But the key really is to have your kid talking to you, really get them to talk with you and tell them, tell you what they're seeing and hearing online. And I know that sounds so simple. And most people are like, well, my kid would tell me if they saw a naked lady on a, on a, on a screen. The reality is, though, most don't because that's their world. Like they're just growing up in it where they're seeing everything online and they don't know what to tell us and what not to tell us. Right. It's like normal. It's normalized in their culture. And I think we have to really understand their culture if we want to parent it effectively. 
let's take a step back. I mean, you weren't always about cyber parenting. What started you on this journey? Yeah, five years ago, my daughter at the time, she's 14 now, but she was in the fourth grade and she was nine years old. And we were getting ready for school one morning and I'll never forget it ever. We were running late. I had run in her closet. I was trying to figure out what she was going to wear for the morning. And I heard her moving around in her bed and she said, Hey mommy, I have a question for you. And I said, okay, you know, what is it? You know, and I'm, I'm just like, she's going to be thinking what's for breakfast or something. And, uh, she asked me a question and I don't share that question publicly because she's asked me not to. But she has allowed me to share some information about that question in my book and when I speak. And what I can tell you about that question is it was very highly sexualized. This was not birds and bees. I would have given anything for where do babies come from. (laughs) I would have given anything for that question. This thing that she asked me about, this sexual thing, I didn't know it existed until college. Wow. And she was nine in the fourth grade and get this she didn't have a phone she did not have a phone because my whole thing was i recognized that they were seeing and hearing a lot in the online world like i recognized that as a mom and so my goal in all of it was like i'm just going to delay the phone like she's not going to get a phone for a while that's what a lot of his parents think that we could do well and i thought that's going to keep her safe What I failed to recognize is kids are going to be online every night. And so what had happened in her situation is at the fourth grade lunch table, somebody had told her about a very graphic pornographic video video they had watched the night before. And they told all these graphic details right as they're eating lunch. And so there's no phones allowed in our elementary school. You would think she would be safe. She's still not safe from the content. You know, she wasn't shown it, but she was told about it. And so that was really my light bulb moment. It was my defining moment. I didn't start the nonprofit or write the book right away. It took me several months because I I went through some emotions, to be quite honest. I was mad at the world. I was kind of bitter. I, you know, I was stuck in that. I cannot believe our kids have to grow up this early. That's where I was. Like, I was just mad. (laughs) And, um, you know, about six months later, I, put together a small group at my church. It was 20 women. And I thought I'm going to share my story and just see what's going on. And I really thought a lot of them were going to tell me that I'm kind of overreacting and being overprotective and, you know, that kind of thing. But the opposite happened. It grew from 20 to 200 in three semesters. Um, I was contacted by local news agencies to do news stories here and it became a thing. And so I then we joined with six other families, we formed a nonprofit, and um, I wrote my book. And so that's kind of how that transpired. So this was something you were not planning on happening. (laughs) It, It completely changed my world. Like it completely, I mean, I, and I, you know, I still, you know, even in the initial stages, started getting calls from all over the country with horror stories, quite frankly, my sixth grade was at a sleepover and shown pornography or this happened. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, like I just couldn't get my mind around that there were even kids younger than my baby that had been exposed to things, but there were. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like you said, we can't call our parents to ask how to do this. Yeah. What is this shift that we're going to have to deal with as this new generation of parents? 
and I know it's different between social media, but I'm hearing more things about, I just did a show on self-harm. Yeah. Girls are cutting. One in 200 girls are now cutting is what the statistic is, and that's just what we know. Suicide rate is up so much. Explain to us what the shift is happening. Yeah, so the way I explain it in my book is we're in new territory. We're in uncharted territory. It's like a new landscape. And so we kind of have to understand the shift. And what I mean by that is, you know, pornography has always been around. It's always been around. Um, But you and I, we grew up in a time where you had to sneak a magazine or, you know, you had to go into a video store with a photo ID and get to the back of the room where all the bad videos were, right? right? And so you, there was effort. There was effort to access the pornography. Mm-hmm. Right now, your kids could be on the family sofa with you. Their devices are so small. They could have it curled up in their lap. They could have headphones on. And they could be watching hardcore pornography, a video. Right. So that's a shift that we need to identify. Um, you know, bullying, same thing. It's always been around, always been around. But think about when you and I grew up, when we were bullied or humiliated at school. Say somebody stuffed us in our locker, you know, there were maybe three or four, maybe 20 people gathered around who could see that. And word would spread about it, of course, at school. But now when somebody's bullied like that at school, they take out their phones and they record it. And before your kid walks in the door at night, that has been snapped to the entire school population. So before, instead of 20 people getting an up close first, you know, and seeing it firsthand, what happened, you've got 3,000 kids seeing it firsthand. And so, you know, they have to always be on. They're growing up in a world where everything's snapped, recorded, posted, and shared. Right. And that's the thing, too, is when it's cyberbullying, it's 24-7. Because before, you only got bullied when you're at school with the friends. At least when you got home, you were in a safe place. But now you're sleeping and people are talking about you all over social media. Yeah. Well, and the social media thing, you know, we talk about the shift, but the social media thing is kind of, it's new really, basically for these young kids in middle school to be having access to social media. That's a new thing. Yeah. They're not supposed to be having it. It says on there, I think, doesn't it say like 14 years old or something for Facebook? I think it's 13, but that's seventh grade. So, you know, you're still kind of in middle school really allowed to have it. But, um, but that and the assortment of apps, the online gaming, the access that online gamers have to our kids, you know, cyber strangers can be on Roblox playing with your kids and asking them where they go to school and get all the information. And once again, their culture in, in our world, we think, well, yeah, that's stupid. Don't give out the information. Well, it's not stupid in their world because everything is shared online. And so why wouldn't they give out the information to a stranger? And so recognizing that shift really helps us parent it better. Um, And I know you brought up the self-harming and the suicide. All of that, we're seeing increased numbers and all of that because of all this pressure that we're discussing here. Mm -hmm. The self-harming is huge in middle school. I mean, that is a huge thing really with girls. It is a big thing. It is. And the suicide rates are just skyrocketing. Um, The other thing that's kind of new is the sharing nude photos. And that happens all the time. You know, before it was sexting, it was in a text talking or sharing a picture. Now they're communicating with inside apps as direct messaging. And nobody can really monitor that unless you have the account login, right? Yeah. And so that's a whole other thing that they're doing is sharing nudes. I know one of the things that parents, you know, I mean, good 
good kids are sharing nudes. I mean, families, good families. Anytime we get calls about that, first thing I say to a parent is, we're all learning together. So you are not alone. Like we've all kind of missed this. So I don't want you to beat yourself up and I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. You know, we're all figuring this out. It's a new thing. It is. Hear the word, have an open communication, talk to your kids. But really when you break it down, what does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean? Because every parent think, oh, my kids tell me everything, but how do you know they're telling you everything? And how do you know that you are having an open communication with them. So what's your solution? Okay, so if your children are online at all, and they are not telling you about cuss words or people asking them for information or anything like that, Mm -hmm. I can almost guarantee you they're not telling you what's happening online. I mean, that's an elementary school that happens when you're online playing. And I have a fourth grader and it's every day. Mom, this person saying the F word. I saw a girl in a very low cut something and I saw this, you know, it's constant. So that is one. But when I really started this journey, I remember one night my husband said, listen, we've identified the problem. There's been a shift in parenting. What are we going to do about it? Like, what's the solution? Like, that's what he said to me. And um, I'll never forget it. You know, from a Christian perspective, I went to the Bible for answers. And I love Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 because it says, teach your kids these commands that I'm giving you. And it says, talk when you're on the go, when you're going to bed, when you're at home, and when you're getting up. And those words jumped off the page for me because I had read that verse a million times But I was like, that is the solution. It is this on-the-go, healthy dialogue. You know, when it says on-the-go in the Bible, when you're driving down the road, kids like to talk more in the car because they don't even have to have eye contact with you. It's less awkward. They can ask questions. You can hide your emotions a little bit better, too, if you're you're dying about what they're asking you. And so that's when I kind of started this journey. And I'm thinking, okay, open communication is the key. And I realized we weren't talking. Because my kids were online, they were playing games, my daughter didn't have a phone yet, but they were online and they weren't telling me things. And I thought, I'm not being clear about what my expectations are. Now I set guidelines, like these are the things I need you to tell me if you see online. And they're new words that you hear, anything about dating, sex, marriage, anything like that, that's a reporting thing. Anytime anybody's threatening someone or somebody's being mean or somebody's being bullied, that's another thing. Anything, anytime anybody calls you any words, mean words, or anything you don't know, that's another one. Um, you know, setting up those key things because they don't just know to tell you. There's too much when you say everything, and they don't know what that is. And I think a key is when you when we talk about open communication, it's about having conversation. We can talk all day long. I always say talking is just spitting words out. That doesn't mean that your children is conversing with you. Conversing is two people or a group of people sharing information and not just talking. I think that what you said is great about being in the car, right? You want to be doing things. You you can't just call a family meeting and say, okay, let's all stare at each other and talk. What I tend to do also is instead of also the car, but my son loves to cook. So we'll yes. cook together and then I'll ask him questions side by side as we're cutting food, as we're stirring. My, my uh, children also loves to do puzzles and artwork. So we'll pull out the box of artwork and we'll be there 
painting, drawing, and then we'll just talk as we're not even staring at each other. We're just talking yes. as we're doing our artwork. So those are things that I find that is not so um, intrusive. Yes. Well, it's not as awkward. It doesn't feel like a lecture or like you said, a family meeting. Yeah. And, and a lot of this stuff, you're going to ask open-ended questions. And then a lot of it is shut up and listen. Like you need to gauge where they're at, what they've, what they've heard, what they haven't heard before you can start speaking into a topic. You right. know what I mean? And the one thing that I also do that seems to really help is to share stories, stories about yes. myself when I was growing up so that they kind of relay like, oh, that happened to you. Well, this just happened to us. Or I share stories that I've heard that's going on with other kids that's, you know, oh, I heard so-and-so got this message and this is what's going on. And that's a no-no. So they start relating it to like what's happening in their life. Right. Absolutely. Stories are great. Um, and even with your older kids, like I have a teen daughter now. And so like new stories, you know, they're graphics, yeah. sex trafficking yeah. stories, that kind of thing. Like I will read them first and I'll be like, okay, I need you to read this. This is why I have a rule that you cannot talk with strangers online because they learn to manipulate you, manipulate you and become your friend, but they're not really your friends, you know? And like, so use those examples. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. When we were offline, you were talking about if you don't have an answer, you, you can go to Google and find out what the answer is. Then you can talk to your child about it. Yes. Because they're going to find out things that you do not want them to know. So one of the first things you want to do is you want to tell your kids that you are their source. So you want to be their Google, first of all. You do not want them Googling certain things because it's I love that. Both pornography and that sort of thing. So for sure be your kids Google. Um, but then yeah, you you need to set up a system in your home. I mean I'm talking about if you have kindergartners or preschoolers. If you hear a new word or phrase, you can come home and ask me anytime. And so you know when your kindergartner walks through the door and says, Hey mom, what's F U C K and they say it. <laughs> you can't lose your mind. You can't go crazy because that's a test. And so you immediately should respond. I call it the parent filter in my book. You may be screaming on the inside, but you've got to be calm on the outside. They're also looking for a reaction. So if they yes. get that reaction, they're going to do it again. Yes. But. And so what you want to say is, I'm so proud of you for asking me. I'm so proud of you. And then you can tell them in age appropriate words what it is. But what you were saying was something that I had shared with you was if you don't know how to respond right away, because maybe they're young and you're like, I don't know, I don't want to give them too much information right now. Tell them, say, you know, I want to think about this. So I want to give you the information. And I promise I'm going to, but let me think about it and then we'll come back to it. Now, my personal rule for me is 24 hours. Yeah. I always say you have to give a timeline. You can't just say later because that doesn't mean anything. Well, and you have to go back. You can't just audit. You can't just sweep it under the rug because right. it's convenient. Um, you have to go back to them because that tells them my questions are important to mom and dad. Right, right. Right. So that's very important. You know, going back, we were talking about the sharing nude conversation. Those are things that a lot of people are like, well, I don't have to, this is how I thought about this before. I don't have to kind of handle that conversation until middle or high school, you know, when they're actually doing it. You know, if you can really weave this into your everyday conversation when they're little, it becomes way easier to parent. And what I mean by that is, 
when they're two years old and walking in the bathroom and they, you know, they're in their diaper and they have a sippy cup in one hand and an iPad in the other and they're playing whatever, you know, fun little coloring game on the iPad and they walk in and maybe you're changing or maybe you just got out of the shower or whatever. It's a great teachable moment. You don't have to yell at them. They don't have to get in trouble, but you can get down on their level and say, oh, honey, guess what? That screen right there, we don't bring it into the bathroom because what if you would accidentally take a picture of mommy undressed? We don't do that. Like we don't take pictures like that. That's not okay. So we need you to take that out of here. You know why mommy's undressed. And so that right there actually plants a seed when they are really little without you telling them some big scary story or giving them any information. You're just planting a seed. And that conversation will continue to grow as you get, as they get older. Um, and by middle school, this is a thing. They're going to be asked for nudes. They're going to know people sharing nudes. And so having that conversation early on and then building on it is really great. Yep, I agree. Let's recap those things. I know those are some great tools that you were saying. So first, if your child comes to you with a word or a phrase like the F word, you want to stay calm. <laughs> yeah, use the and, parent filter. Right. And uh, and then you want to explain the appropriate for the appropriate age what it is in a different word that you can use instead. Be your child's Google. Uh, answer their question and give them, if you don't have the answer, then give a time deadline. Like I will tell yes. you in 24 hours, we'll get back on this. And use time in the car, at mealtime, cooking, artwork, like I was saying, to capitalize on that as a communication time. The one thing that parents seem to ask me a lot of is, what age should I give my child a phone? What age did you give your child a phone? And I always say that's different for every family and every child, depending on the circumstances. What's your answer to that? Yeah. So at Next Talk, we say your family, your choice. But in my book, this is a question I get asked a lot to. In my book, I have a couple questions to kind of ask yourself about if your child is ready or not. Um, A couple of those that come to mind is one, um, you know, do they regularly use your phone to FaceTime or text or call other friends? You know, that's an indication. And that normally starts late elementary school when they're wanting to use your phone to communicate with their friends. And then the other thing is, are they already abiding by your family guidelines that you have in place? Which means you have to have family right guidelines. (laughs) Yes, you need to have family guidelines. So for instance, your family iPad, one of the things we implemented when our kids were pretty young was there's no downloading of new apps without parent approval. And so that way we can check it in. There's no screens behind closed doors. So for instance, no screens in bedrooms, none in bathrooms. It has to be in an open area of our home. And so my question, if you're thinking about getting your kid a phone, are they abiding by those? Or, I mean, if you're finding your kid sneaking an iPad into their bedroom late at night, they're not ready for a phone yet. They don't get more privileges if they're not already abiding. The other thing is, what do they need it for? This is a big one for me. You know, you need to ask yourself a couple questions like, does your school district, do they allow phones? In our district, in our public school district, in our middle school, they were allowed phones at lunchtime before and after school. And then in classes, it's at the teacher's discretion. So I knew they were going to have phones at lunchtime. Because of what happened with my daughter being told about porn when she didn't even have a phone, that really made me nervous. 
I didn't want her sitting at the school lunch table having access to 50 phones and everybody showing her everything that's on their phone. In my mind, it was easier for me because she was already abiding by family guidelines. She would tell me when she saw bad words or people being bullied or people asking for personal information. She would tell me all that stuff. So I felt like she was trustworthy and we were moving in that direction. And so because our school district allowed that, I thought if I give her a phone, it allows me to have a little bit, a little bit more control over the content because I can walk her through it. She didn't get social media at first, but so we got her a phone before she went into sixth grade because of that. Now, had our school district not had that policy, I don't know if I would have given her a phone yet. But this is going to be different for everyone. And, you know, even in my own family, you know, my daughter was ready. I don't know that my son will be. Yep. Different per child, too. Yeah. You can't really, you don't want to set a guideline and say, everybody's getting a phone when they're 14. Because, well, what if they're not ready when they're 14? Or what if they need a phone before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, you know, they have to go back and forth to their dad. Yes. And so they got a phone younger than probably other kids only so that I could get a hold of them and they can get a hold of me and we can talk. And it was just for a phone wise. There was no social media. I mean, I had my daughter flip phone. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about social media. These kids can have three, four five apps on their phone. What's your stance on that? How many do you think that they should have at one time, say in junior high and then high school? Well, with my daughter, when we, and I, I, I have two chapters of this in my book on how we implemented this. And, you know, I say we talk on the go a lot. Well, when, when she got her phone, that was one conversation that it was a set down at the kitchen table and I had a contract and she had to sign it. And there were our rules and regulations, you know, like this is a, um, a privilege that you get to do. And so I wanted her to take it seriously. Um, and by the way, if your listeners want that free cell phone contract that I have in my book, they can text cell phone to 44222 and they can get a free copy emailed to them. It's in a, it's in a word document form. And the great thing about that is if you, if I have guidelines in there that you're like, oh, I don't like that, you can change it and make it your own. Like, that's what I want you to do. I want you to talk with your kids about their, their roles and guidelines and you include that in your contract. But once we did that, we gave her the phone. We did not allow any social media for probably six months. And she had texting and calling capability and FaceTiming basically. And she had a couple apps on there, but they weren't, you couldn't connect with other people. You know, they were coloring apps, little apps, fun apps, um, you know. Um, But then with social media, I say implement one at a time. It shouldn't be a free-for-all. Once you say, okay, I can trust you, we can start social media now, or, you know, they make me they're waiting till their 13th birthday, whatever your kind of guideline is, they should get one platform at a time. And you should know that platform. So for instance, we were going to start with Instagram. That's the one we started with. That was her first social media platform. And I got on it six months before she was on it. And I learned it. I figured it out. And I had, you know, I'm not an IT person. So this is, I'm, I'm learning as I go. I would get with moms who are were on it and I would sit down with them and say, you know, we go to lunch. I'd be like, okay, teach me how to use this. And they would. Great. And so I learned it and then we implemented it. Um, She's now 14 and we've moved on. She has three, I think, social media platforms now, but it's, it's been a building trust relationship. 
And the moment that that trust is broken, some of those privileges will be lost, you know, and she knows Absolutely. that. Let's talk about your book because it sounds like a wealth of information and I want the listeners to know about it, how they can get it, how it's structured and how it could help them. Yeah, well, it's on Amazon, um, online. It's the Kindle version and the paperback if you want it. It's Talk by Mandy Majors. It's structured in three parts. I have a part one is basically our story. You know, what happened, what set me on this journey, what I'm learning. Um, Part two is, you know, I took this solution of open communication and I tried to break it down on how we went from a family that was just surface talking to actually communicating. And so I have a couple chapters there in the part two section. Um, One is about, you know, my relationship with my husband, because I realized there were some things we weren't talking about. And a lot of times our communication with our kids will model what's happening in our marriage. You know, if we're sweeping things under the rug with our marriage, we tend to do that with our kids when they ask big loaded questions. So that is part two um, on it really how to create just a culture in our home where we're all communicating healthy, healthy ways. And then part three is my favorite part of the book because this is what I would have wanted when I first started on this journey. It's a topics list. And so you can go say your daughter, ask a question about, you know, comes home and says, my friend is bisexual. Like, what is that? And what do I do? You can go to that. I've had that question asked of me and I show you how I handled that and the conversations that we had around that. Um, There's a list on, um, there's a chapter on transgender. There's a chapter on pornography, social media apps, how we implemented that, love, dating, dress code, sex, sex is in there, self-esteem, friendship, and conflict resolution, like walking through that friendship change. So there's lots of topics that I had to cover in middle school with my girl that I put in there, like just conversations. And I do want to say to your listeners, you know, as we get into this, I'm very transparent in my book about how we handle this in our home, like how we handle these topics. And I say this in the introduction of my book, if we don't handle it the same way, it's okay. Like, I want you talking to your kids. Even if you are like, well, she handled it that way. I'm going to handle it a totally different way. That's okay. They need a safe place. They need you to be their source because it's, there's too much information online for them. And a lot of this information is just these kids putting what they know on there too. And that's what's scary. We can't curate it. Well, and they have a hard time depending on... You know, I like the analogy of when we grew up, we may have had three or four friends in our neighborhood that knew us. And that's the information we got. So if we had a question about sex, we had three little kids who may have inputted yeah. that into our life, right? Yep. Now they can go online and get anyone's opinion on sex. And so it creates a lot of confusion really early on. Absolutely. Listeners, you can find all of information on how to get a hold of Mandy, as well as the Amazon book in our show notes. Her webpage is mandymajors.com. She also has a webpage called nexttalk.org. Her book is on Amazon. She's on Twitter. She's on Facebook. And uh, the cell phone guideline is also in the show notes. Mandy, thank you so much. That was amazing, amazing. And I thank you for helping all of us parents because we have no idea what we're getting ourselves into. (laughs) Well, and I'm learning every day. This is a continual process of learning how to be a cyber parent. So we're in together. Yeah, and this is how we do it, right? We share what we know and what worked and what didn't work so that we can help 
our children. It does take a tribe of all of us to, uh, to parent. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And listeners, until next time, always be learning and always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.